1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. In 1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. We are off the mark in the group stages in the Europa League. A fantastic 1-0 win away at Besiktas over in Turkey. We chat that willy-bolly finish and also fantastic win in the Premier League at reigning champions Manchester City. 2-0. Adama Traore coming good. We chat everything in between, as well as the international break and the game against Bratislava in the Europa League. We're Wolves, eh, we? Hello and welcome to episode 88 of the 77 Club. Harry, start with the socials. The Wolves 77 Club on Facebook and Instagram, at 77 Club Podcast on Twitter, Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you listen to podcasts, please rate and subscribe. Your other pundits this week are Jack Williams. Hi, everybody. And Tom Rouse from the old Golden Black. Hello, everybody. And what we wanted to start with was Besiktas, so we will do that. I'll just give you a reminder of the team very quickly. Uh, Patricia in goal, Bolly, Cody, Sace, Doherty, Neves, Moutinho, Johnny, Gibbs-White, Jimenez and Neto. Jack, I'll start with you. And it was sort of a journey to Turkey for you, one of the lucky ones to get a ticket and make your way out there. How was the experience? It was 
I think the best way to sum it up is not what I was expecting at all because you hear all these stories about oh god you know Turkish fans are mental and you hear about think back to the, when the Leeds fans got stabbed but it wasn't like it at all it wasn't anywhere near as intimidating as I thought it would be the Turkish people were all very accommodating they put up with us messing about in the square and stuff and you know they were very keen to take our money off us and they were, they were very accommodating obviously we got a police escort to the ground a couple of hours before which probably helped and, and that but it, yeah it, it all went perfectly fine I never felt in danger or anything so I'd, I'd highly recommend it if anyone gets another game it was it was a great experience the one thing I will say though is it's the loudest football ground I've ever been to in my life it was deafening you know, there was uh, you know just over a thousand Wolves fans there and even when we were trying to sing against those Besiktas fans with a crowd of about you know mid 20,000s it was deafening and even more so when they were whistling every time we got the ball particularly in the first half it was you couldn't hear anything it was and I can understand why it's such an intimidating place to go and I bet the players felt intimidated because as soon as they got the ball all those whistles it was just you'd really have to focus so it's a really I can see why it's a difficult place to go but Istanbul and the trip as a whole was, was incredible it was not what I was expecting at all and you had the Turkish Dell boy out there who was putting the prices of pints up as the sort of time was going by, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, there was one. There was one guy there. Everyone sort of congregated at this good Dublin bar in the square um, on, on like the first night, and yeah, everyone was happy and everything. But I think he kept putting the prices up, so because there were so many people there, by the end of it, you were paying like ten, eleven pound a beer. So <laughs> by, the, by, by the end of that, we in Turkey as well, I know. So by the end of that, everyone clocked on and just started going to the off license around the corner and just standing in the street, which he was getting funny about, just outside the bar. <laughs> And so basically, by the time everyone was just doing this, doing the classic thing off license, stand in the street, sing and chant, and uh, and have a have a good time. But yeah, it was a great atmosphere. Every time someone was like, there was unlucky enough for a, a, a bus to have to come down the street we were on, it would come out the other end of us, all covered in stickers and everything. <laughs> all, all the all the fans. It was sort of in a square with a load of blocks of flats, sort of overlooking at it. So all obviously all the locals were looking down on us, and uh, everyone started like cheering them to like thumbs up if you love Sir Jack, and if they put thumbs up, you cheer and if not they booed and the one guy didn't do it and everyone booed and then everyone started shouting jump jump jump, jump. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what it's like it's just it's just it's just uh, very silly fun but hilarious at the same time and i saw one of the videos that was doing the rounds which was quite funny was the um catrone song and it was a woman on a mobility scooter who did look like mother Teresa, but the, the words did fit perfectly uh, so yeah it, it looked like a, a real humdinger of, of a build-up anyway Anyway, and Harry, were you surprised by the team when it came out? We were sort of suggesting that that back three was probably going to be the same. And obviously the wing backs, Johnny and Doherty. Yeah, I was slightly. I thought Traore might start. Obviously, come on at half time and changed it. But that first half was pretty boring, wasn't it? It was no, we had no shots on target. Um, Gibbs, White and Neto couldn't really do much. So it was needed to change. But we did an important thing and kept a clean sheet, kept them out, soaked up the pressure. And as we know, we got the last minute winner. And Saces ruled off for offside as well. And mm, I thought that was harsh. Win. Yeah, I thought it was on. So I thought it was a great uh, away performance, but... I think uh, one of our other people might disagree. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, I'm just going to bring you in on that one and you can try and defend yourself. <laughs> well, um, I just thought all the build-up on television was how Besiktas were in complete disarray and that their chairman had left the week before and uh, they, they, were near, they were at the bottom of the table or in the bottom three at least and they'd had a player injured in the warm-up and I thought it was our opportunity to really just impose ourselves on a good opposition and to make our you know voices heard in Europe a little bit and get on the front foot, score a goal early on and make put balls into the box and threaten them. But we sort of played the occasion more so than we than what was in front of us and that was what I was frustrated about 
particularly in the first half. The second half, it got better, but I just felt like we gave them far too much respect. I think playing both Johnny and Doherty on Thursday night was a sign of, you know, worry. Playing our best two defensive fullbacks rather than thinking of imposing ourselves on the opposition, and that's what disappointed me. But you know, ultimately, in hindsight, it was a great away victory. And I said on Talking Wolves yesterday that if it had been there. Last minute goal away in Istanbul. I'd have been it'd have been the best day of my life. But I had sixty books to mark as soon as the game finished. So <laughs> that set the so tone. Levels. <laughs> Entertain uh, me, Walls. <laughs> yeah. Harry, how do you solve a problem like Morgan Gibbs White? I found him extremely frustrating. Yeah, he did, well, he literally did nothing, did he? He just didn't do anything. Um, he hasn't had the best of starts of the season when he has played. I think you suggested on WhatsApp, didn't you, Sam? Maybe he should have got on loan, but with the small squad we've got, we need him. Um, so I think he's just got to pick his game up, I guess. He's just got to up his game because if he carries on doing this, he, he won't get many more chances, will he? Nuno's ruthless, so he needs to up his game when he does, especially when he starts. He's really got to be on the ball and try and uh, make Nuno have to pick him again, I guess. He's only young, isn't he, Jack? But you look at, I know it's different to sort of compare him to these people, but if people like Phil Foden at Manchester City, Mason Mount at Chelsea, who have spent time in the Championship and time with the first team squad in, in Foden's case and he's, he's taken his opportunity but it's almost playing at that lower level which is still a decent level is maybe the way that he needs to go and then in 12 months time and he's coming in, back into the fold is going to be really beneficial for both club and Morgan Gibbs-White. Yeah, potentially. He does need to be playing, but it's the classic, if he's good enough, he's he's old enough. And it's it's frustrating with him because some games he's played in the Premier League, you're thinking, yeah, he's definitely good enough. He's got it. He's been, you know, one of our best players on the pitch. But then particularly this season and the first half against Besiktas, I thought he was very poor. And I can see why Nuno had to change it up at half time because I thought the game was, was sort of crying out for sort of a Torre to come on, even though I don't think Torre made the biggest impact when he did come on. Something needed to change because I'll agree with Tom to an extent. I thought we weren't very good first half against Besiktas. But Morgan Gibbs White, I don't, I don't know. I really don't know whether going out on loan would actually be beneficial because we haven't had many players in the past who've gone out on loan to lower league clubs and then came back and broken into the first team, have we really? And actually set it on light that I can in recent years that I can think of to mind. So you know, it could be, it could be a masterstroke. It could be the beginning of the end. But I think he'd want to stay at Wolves, and given the squad size, unless we do go out and and buy a lot in January, I think he, he'll be here for the foreseeable. But he does need to up his performances. And the one guy that obviously came out on top on the evening and in the way that he played defensively, but also the way that he took his goal is Willy Bolly. Tom, he took it like Thierry Henry and, and finished it like Van Persie. Yeah, it was, he's an absolute Adonis. I love him. <laughs> he's uh, <clears throat> Just his overall performance on Thursday was superb. And since the Everton red card, I think he's been a completely different player. He seems more focused. I think that we saw in the championship, he was probably playing at about 40%. Last year, I think he was up to about 60. And then after that Everton game, he's been up to 80, 90% of what he can possibly be. I would rate him higher than Harry Maguire in terms of Premier League defenders. I think he would fit in in any back four in the top two. I think Man City or Man City crying out for Willy Bolly. Oh, God. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> if, if Liverpool had him, they would win the league, no doubt. But um, he's amazing. I absolutely love him. But he's finished. Was the way he comes back on side is the most impressive yeah. thing. Because for a defender, he must have to defend against that so often. And then to just be able to do it is uh, outstanding. 
I think when you think back to um, the game, obviously he made that, was silly against Everton and got sent off when there was no need to get sent off. And then the next game, he was suspended against Chelsea, which was probably you know our worst mm. defensive performance that I think I've seen under Nuno, really, particularly in the, in under Nuno in the Premier League. So you're just thinking now, he's must be the glue that holds them together and helps Cody out so much. And he, he really is integral to everything. And there are rumours flying around now about you know potentially Arsenal, Arsenal coming in. I saw yeah. a few well, rumours for, in for the twenty million. You're not going to get a lot of Willy Bolly for twenty million. Nah, he's uh, more. Nah. He's amazing. His transition to the right hand side of the back three has been massive as well, because that's that's been the upturn in his form as well. Mm. And he sort of suits the position. And obviously, Harry, you've spoken a lot on previous podcasts about you like him on the left, even though he's right-footed. But yeah. he does seem to take on that right-hand side role really, really naturally. Yeah, and like I've said before, like I said last week, I love Sace on the left as well. It gives you that bit of a better balance, I think. You know what I mean? I really like it. And just on Bolly, I agree with what Tom said. I love the fact that he pulled back on side. That was amazing. Um, Neves' pass as well. We've got to give him a shout because that was a great pass. I was screaming that he hadn't shot. I was definitely yeah, never same. shoot at that moment. Obviously, the Wolves fans were on the opposite side there. And as soon as that ball went out to Neves, everyone was like, shoot! They're like, oh! And then, ah! He just took it so well. It was incredible. Yeah, but like his block, his block he made in the first half as well. You know, they they literally had a side foot tapping six yards out, and he flew across the box. It was heroics. It was all bolly about bolly, wasn't it that night? And I also thought Den Donker did well when he come on. When he come on, that changed it quite a lot as well. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he got a good half an hour under his belt as well, which is good to see. And I was a little bit disappointed with the amount of shots that we had on target because when you've got Carrius in goal he was just sort of down and out compared to <laughs> the kind of player that he was probably 18 months ago still had a mistake in him I think but the real fall from grace from the Champions League final he's fallen out with Besiktas he's back in the side but if you if there's a goalkeeper out there that you want to pepper with shots all game it's Loris Carrius isn't it Tom? Yeah and uh, I think it was only Seisu who had a shot from outside the box wasn't it and Carries goes so hard with it in his hands that he's either going to parry into the, the path of an attacker or, like he did in the Champions League final, just get a little snick on it and it'll go in. <laughs> and when you've got one of the best strikers of a long ball in Neves, I was just amazed that we didn't put him under any pressure at all. And even like crosses and things like that, he's not secure at. <laughs> it was just disappointing. That's another reason I was disappointed, is because of, the, of him. Carrius is famous for being crap and we didn't. Didn't put any pressure on him. So if it was nil nil, Tom, you'd have been you'd have gone mad then, really. The fact that we got a last minute goal because yeah, 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 that was me delirious. That video. Yeah. <laughs> it it really did just like that win though is a massive win, and we didn't want to be in the situation where we didn't want to lose that game. A loss would have been like you know terrible. It would be where oh, Besiktas are now. But the fact we pulled it out of the bag with with a victory has really turned around our Europa League campaign. When you think now we've got a potentially we've got two games left against um, the Slav- Bratislava, who are supposedly the worst team in the group, although they have started very well and then you know a, a tie against Braga and uh, Besiktas again respectively it puts us in a strong position if we can just beat Bratislava twice then we, you know, I think we'll be pretty much through and do you think Nuno will be thinking like that Harry obviously we know he takes one game at a time and all the football cliches but I mean getting that three points especially away from home is just huge in the realms of the group stage yeah 100% definitely I've said Besiktas and Wolves are the two best teams in it um, the way it started was a real surprise both of us losing so great we're sat in third at the moment the draw really helped in the other fixture and like Jack said beat Slovak twice and we're playing sailing and it'd be amazing wouldn't it to get out of the group I mean we expected it but after that loss against Braga we were a bit like oh god but to get out of it be comfortable in the Premier League we'd all be happy as Larry huge win and I guess I'm 
thinking that I know what you're all going to say, but a man of the match against Besiktas, starting with you, Jack. Morgan Gibbs White. <laughs> <Very well played. laughs> uh, Tom, for you. Uh, Willie Bolly. And Harry. Yeah, it's got to be Bolly. Right, okay, let's move on from the Europa League and move on to the Premier League, which is the one we'll all be dying to talk about this week. And we're going to do just that. Hi, I'm George Lokomi. You are listening to the Wolves 77 Club. So when the team came out, it's fair to say that it raised a few eyebrows. Uh, both of mine actually were in uh, in that. And Harry, I think you were probably similar to me. I said that that yeah. attack, but our defence wasn't good enough for that City attack. I was worried. And can I, just, can I, can I read the uh, screenshot? Yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah go <laughs> for it. Yeah, I'll, I'll allow it. Um, so Sam, shite team that going to get battered. Harry, yeah, I'm worried too. Johnny and Doherty must be knackered. Yeah, must be a bit worried. We can't defend and the city attack is brilliant. Which aged really Hold well. on, Jack. You can't be saying things like that when what you said last week about Troy Ore, so we'll get to that in a minute. Well, that's anyway. right. It's brilliant. It's well beaten. Anyway. It's better than messy. Yeah, so, Sam, I woke up I woke up Sunday morning. I woke up dancing down the stairs, spinning round, put that £5 bet on for Wolves to win. was really happy. Saw that team. I was like, oh, my God. We might have a Watford on our hands here because the last time we played that exact back line, the five of them, was Everton away. But no, sorry, Bennett was in there. Bennett did come on, didn't he, after about 10, 15 minutes. He did. But 15. with Traore and Vanagre at the wing backs, we look weak against Everton. But I'll tell you what, both of them were as solid as a rock. And Traore, the way he defended against one of the best players in the Premier League in Sterling was incredible. Sterling didn't know what to do against him. He couldn't get past him. He was too quick. And it just shocked me how well they both performed defensively. So hats off to them. They proved me mega wrong and fair play, man. Unbelievable performance. And I'll just give you a refresher of what that team was. And it was Patricia and goal, Bolly, Cody, Sace, Traore, Dendonka, Neves, Matinho, Vinagre, Jimenez, Catrone. So, you know, it was it was a mixed bag, wasn't it, Tom? And how, how were you sort of approaching it when you saw that team sheet come through? Um, I didn't read too much into the team at all. I think that I just saw it as a normal rotation after the game on Thursday and that the fullbacks sort of have to do the heaviest work so I think that they were sort of being taken out to give Traore and Vinagre a bit of a go. Because I, genuinely, I think that the plan was to try and nick a point and we accidentally won the game. That's what I think happened. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lack That's of credit where that. it's due on that one. I like that. Um, Jack, we were talking about um, betting odds last week and Traore was 125 to 1 to score and you said that he that, couldn't hit any walls to draw. In it. Yeah, I, I said that I'd want at least 125 to one about Traore Stork scoring because he can't <laughs> hit a barn door. <laughs> that that quote, which 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 aged well. But in my defence, let's not get carried away. Mm. The, like in the last 12 months. 90% of his shots have ended up in a stand somewhere. He just picks suddenly against away at Man City to do it twice. Two good takes as well. I mean, we pretty much we pretty much scored the same goal twice, didn't we? They were very, very similar in, in how they Let me just out. say something right. Be honest, you've been very harsh towards Traore this year. You, I think he's one of our players of the season. Against Palace, right? Against Palace, you said his, his assist, his cross was crap. It, it was <laughs> crap. It was, it crap. It was crap. Nah, it wasn't. The defender should have cleared area. it. Nah, because of the ball in, the, the ball right into the six yard box made the defender slip because he was like oh my he god what a ball and fell over 
For, for most of that Palace game Troy was an absolute donkey so um, <laughs> wow I disagree I thought he played well first half in that game he as well. stood still for 70% of yeah. the game no, I can't agree with you there Troy always been brilliant so I'm not getting Palace carried game. away and this isn't like the case of you see all on social media and Facebook oh where are the Troy haters now where are they what, look at them now I'm not a hater I'm just I can see it for what it is and I'm still never, not convinced with him in, in a defensive capacity but fair play he was brilliant at the weekend he we say it was a tactical master stroke by Nuno because he knew that with Sterling playing he'd have to put someone on who was quicker than him and he wouldn't be expecting that and it worked brilliantly and he took his two goals immensely and once he's on his bike you know you're not going to catch him so it absolutely played to his strengths perfectly that game and he did really really well I'm still not convinced that he's the finished product I think he's a bit he was a little bit like a test match cricketer on uh, Sunday <laughs> in, that, in that he had to have 75 minutes at right back to just get his eye in and then when he was thrown at front he was amazing he was <laughs> two chances and the, what he said about the second goal was so funny because he said oh I was through on goal and I just remembered that I've just done this so I've <laughs> <laughs> muscle memory yeah. <laughs> I think he just he's just like a greyhound did he really just give him something yeah. to chase and then he, he's alright but um, yeah fair, fair play to him it, 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 he's, he was superb I think I actually I don't want to blow my own trumpet but I did say last week in the preview for it I did think we'd lose I said that but I said if we soak it up and it on the break like we're so good at like we did against Chelsea and Tottenham we could do it obviously I didn't think we'd win but like Tom said well I don't think we accidentally would I thought we deserved I thought everyone to a man was incredible I think everyone but we had to didn't we I think everyone had to play at the top of their game which they did and City needed to be a bit off which they was let's be honest Otamendi's about as much use as a chocolate ashtray isn't he so we got lucky there and I want to shout out Raul Jimenez as well because again on Thursday I thought he looked really lethargic and nothing but that run for that first goal when he megs Otamendi Jesus oh, he was super, the pace super on him and he was brilliant so much I don't know where he got the energy from because he looked down and out I thought against Pasiktas fatigue wise it was an incredible assist for well, both assists were, were just brilliant and the way that he did just roll past it but it was the one thing I noticed was aside from the brilliant assist was that how he was running at full pelt with the ball and you could see Traore who was just in a gentle jog just going exactly the same speed <laughs> which is just incredible just shows you the pace that he has um, Ryan Bennett Harry thought he did really well when he came on yeah. made the blocks and obviously another clean sheet yeah, I, honestly, when Sace went down injured and I seen he's coming off and Bennett was coming on, I thought, come on, Bennett. Like, I was thinking, just don't make a mistake, please. And he was solid, absolutely solid to come on like that. Bit of pressure on him. And like I said, you can't fault anyone. And he's been out of the team, as we know. He's been on the bench. We, we were on about it last week when he didn't respond to the fans applauding him. So he was a bit concerned, but fair play to the lad. Top, top performance. And maybe much sneak back in now if Sace's injury is bad. Just as an update on the injured quartet is that it's not too serious with Sace, but it's not not too clear how long he's going to be out for. Jota's responding, responding well to treatment. Uh, NATO, heel bruising next two weeks potentially. So could be back, I guess, maybe for Bratislava. Um, and Morgan Gibbs-White, back problem obviously pulled out the England and 21s as well um, it's not the only problem he's got <laughs> and the problem is that he the thing is with Morgan Gibbs White is he's clearly a talent but he tries to do the clever showboaty thing when there's mm. just a simple pass on and that's the difference as soon as you change that in your game you know you're onto a winner I think I think that's why Pedro Neto has been so or a lot more well received at the moment than Gibbs White because he keeps it simple and he's doing the simple things correctly and Gibbs White's just being a prat <laughs> <laughs> I just want to because obviously before the City game you did a video with Harry didn't you Tom and oh, Harry I want to pass on to you about what that video was all about and why Tom was so wrong 
Well, I, I know I watched Tom's video Friday morning, I think, or Friday afternoon. I can't remember when. And I couldn't believe how like his response to Basikta. So I just messaged him. I was like, bloody hell, Tom, it shocked me. And I think that Shiv Shiv responded to my tweet. So we got talking and then I started speaking to him the day. I said, should we just do a video? And uh, we just spoke about, obviously, this is pre-City, how even though we won the last two, Shiv and Tom believed our performances were not good enough at all. And uh, he thought that fans were kind of sugarcoating it. So I know it's all washed out now, isn't it, after being City? Mm. But you were just uh, concerned. And the style of play, you were a bit bored of the style of play, weren't you, Tom? Yeah, and it, it does take something like Sunday to just make you think, actually, it's, it wasn't all that bad. It was, uh, you know, we were grinding out results and whatever. And But I, I wasn't being entertained, genuinely, in the Watford game or the Besiktas game. I thought, if I've got to sit through this all season, it's going to be long and difficult. But on the other hand, if that's the price to pay to be successful by just grinding out these wins and winning trophies that way, then I think that's a fair price to pay but it was just so defensive and so negative in the Besiktas game that it got I think just the, the I think the, the what thing I did wrong was just sort of the tone in which I presented the video I think if it had been a little bit more upbeat because everyone's on such a high after that and then I just turned up going well, yes it was very good wasn't it caused absolute <laughs> wars in the comments didn't you the people yeah. go mental <laughs> but there was a lot of people who agreed with me as yeah, well yeah there was yeah it was split and, yeah. yeah and I mean I think everybody sort of accepts, yeah, it is great, but I would like to be a little bit more entertained and, you know, that's fair. It wasn't expected though, was it? Because that was the first time that Wolves have beaten the uh, defending champions away from home since 1984, which was Liverpool. And obviously I hadn't won at City in the top flight since 1979. So you'd sort of done all right actually going into that one, Tom, as coming out with a video like that, but it was just a typical Wolves. I did say... I did say in Harry's video that we will probably beat Man City yeah, did, yeah. 1 0 tomorrow. So, you know. So, what and we should do, we should do a video like that every week and just say <laughs> yeah, how bad we yeah. are. And, uh, <laughs> let's be honest, though. I think Aaron. Um, Players must have watched it thought, let's improve. Yeah, yeah. I think our, our mate Aaron, America, shout out Aaron, he said to us, which I agree with, can you think of a better week for Wolves in the last. We, we've, to win three like that? We've mad. turned our season on its head in eight days yeah, completely and I didn't see it coming I did not see it coming at all especially City like especially uh, thinking back to the City game um, I thought we had our chances and we didn't take them and we're going to we'll end up losing that 1-0 with a great performance yeah. I and mean, it wouldn't have been the you know a disaster but oh. no it's incredible shout out to Catrone he got loads of stick on Twitter, didn't he? After the game, that was the did, one yeah. downfall. I think he's I mean, just he, did, he didn't do very well on his chance, but it's chance. I'm going to. I, I, I'm going to keep saying it. I think he'll come good. I like him. Um, I don't think him and Jimenez work up front together. I'll stick with that. I just don't think they gel. Um, but he was unlucky. He, he, I think he's just a bit of a deer in the headlights when he on his chance, and I think he's so desperate to do well that uh, yeah, he just flung the chance. But he'll come good, Catrone. He will. Mm. I think the the next week of Wolves fixtures is, is, could be as important, maybe not as famous, because you know Southampton at home and Newcastle away. But if you win those two games, it could push us right up the table and back to sort of sixth, seventh place that we were dreaming of at the beginning of the season. And obviously, with Bratislava in there as well, it could be a double whammy. On you know what what a difference that amount of time was. We were sat here a couple of weeks ago saying. Here's the fixture list. When the hell is that next win going to come? Obviously, pre-Watford game. Um, there's two on the board, and and one of them certainly no one would have ever backed at the time um, for it to happen, but just outstanding. Um, man of the match. Is it the same guy that was the man of the match against Besiktas? I thought he was an absolute unit at the back, Willie Bolly. No, it's got to be Traore. It's got to be. 
for his defensive performance and pretty much won us the game at the end. Traore for uh, me. To throw a different name into the hat, uh, Rui Patricio. Oh yeah, good shout. Good shout, good Played save at 1-0. Well. I can't argue with Traore, but I would actually like to give a shout out to the midfield. I thought Neves and Matinho did mm. so much in terms of like getting involved and turning the ball over so we could break quickly that they did a lot of hard work that was uh, you know sort of missed because uh, the headlines were with, with, with the defence and with Traore really, but I thought they did both did superbly. And they pushed City high up the pitch as, pitch as well, which opposition teams never, ever do. We've got them pinned back. It was a perfect mm. game plan, wasn't it? But Harry, has the international break come at a good or bad time? Uh, I'd probably say good for the fact that Raul Jimenez is actually going to have a break now, isn't he? He's not going he off from indeed. Mexico, so obviously a few, not loads of going. So I'd say good, but as we've said so many times, when we go and win away at City and that, we'll probably lose our next home game against Southampton <laughs> now because that's what Wolves do. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think it's good. We need the rest. We do need the rest. That was a grueling week, wasn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah. Actually, just one final point on City, and I mentioned this on the group chat during the game. Um, you know we got them rattled when they just resorted to fouling us all the time yeah. like mm-hmm. that we, yeah, we stopped them we got we got in their heads and we got in their heads and they stopped playing and they were just bringing us down and you know they've got so many bookings and you know that's that's a worrying sign for them that you know they start to fall apart like that because you, you think as, as the reigning champions of the Premier League I know they've had a few defensive changes which haven't helped You'd, they'd be more mentally strong than that but you, we knew we had a chance when we got to 70 minutes and they were resorting to just throwing us on the ground all the time it was strange to see, wasn't it, Tom? The amount of yellow cards that City got was something unprecedented, really. Yeah, I mean, I've never never seen a Man City under Pep react like that. I, th- I remember a couple of times uh, with Barcelona, they, you know, they lose their heads occasionally. But they, they're usually so good at these niggly little fouls that they can get away with it and not get a booking. But I can't see Man City winning the title this season after that defensive performance. And I think they miss company so much as a leader... They're obviously missing John Stones and Laporte at the back as well. And you know, Fernandinho is so important in midfield that they're missing that because he's had to play in defence. And De Bruyne, they they were a different team without him as well. They, they, they were a shadow of what I expected to see. It was almost a perfect storm though, wasn't it? Because Aguero was so off his game as well. I mean, yeah. the chance he had, normally he's burying that. Another, yeah, it, uh, that was a great chance. But that was because we were so deep and defended well. They had a lot of the ball, didn't they? I think they had 76% possession. So they still had enough chances really to, I mean, they hit the bar, yeah. didn't they? You well, know you what say mean? that, so. but there was, there was only two times during that game with, with all that possession that I was genuinely worried. The one was the mm. silver free kick that hit the bar. The other one was the pullback to Aguero, which I think Bennett got his foot in the way of. I don't yeah. know if he meant to, but I don't know whether he hit a City player or Bennett got his foot in the way. Those were the two occasions where I was worried. But if you think back to the amount of chances we had where we you know, should have put the ball in the net particularly you know three in the first half potentially and then the two we scored from we created more than they did despite having much less of the ball Cody for England Tom yeah (laughs) Uh, if we if we move to a four at the back which I'm adamant (laughs) then he's got he's got the opportunity then (laughs) Uh, just a quick refresh on just who's away on international duty it's Patricio uh, Doherty Vinagre uh, Neves Matinho Dendonka Gibbs White Oh, sorry, he's pulled out. Uh, NATO and Catrone is playing for Italy under 21s. It's just great to see, like you've already said, Harry, Jimenez getting a spa break, but knowing our luck, he'll probably trip over in the sauna. <laughs> yeah, that uh, definitely the players that uh, are going to have a rest is much, much needed, and hopefully the players away don't get injured. Just one more thing on City I want to point out. 
I watched Match of the Day on the night. I thought Alan Shearer is brilliant. I watched, the only reason I watched Match of the Day, Match of the Day 2, is I thought, if they make this about City being bad, mm. I'm going to throw me telly out the window. But fair play, a good 80% of it was about how good Wolves were. Talk Sport as well. I listened to them on the way home drive, Adrian Durham and Goffey. They opened it up, crediting Wolves. And I was like, yeah, fair enough. But I did see a lot of fans moaning about the way the media said that it was because City were bad but it's going to be that innit most of the clicks are going to be City so but I thought the media were quite kind to us and for once it wasn't all about just how bad City were so I was happy about that I think they were only bad because they weren't allowed to play that was the yeah. point of it wasn't it they wasn't an off day it was just that you weren't you know every time there was a player on whoever had the ball and it was just great to see it's refreshing to see and it's a fantastic performance it's something that we've been craving all season isn't it Um so what we'll do now is I don't know, I even know what to talk about in the international Slovan. break it's, um, yeah of course Bratislava the big news act today actually um, that it will be played behind closed doors uh, UEFA have upheld the decision and Jeff Shee's come out and said well we looked at every avenue that we could have gone down to try and do something now I don't really know what that means whether that's setting up something like a fan park I don't know it's just speculation but it's, it is a shame but sort of Dan was saying on the group you know it's punishing a small amount of fans but I think this is more about a club that's had racist chanting that are doing nothing about it so Mm. I don't know what else you can do apart from play it from behind closed doors or throw them out of competition yeah that's I was going to say that I think at least at least finally UEFA are doing something to sort of show that they are anti-racist because there are so many incidents that happen particularly in Italy where it's just sort of overlooked and nothing happens at all well, the Lukaku situation was th- oh, man, that yeah. it, it, its finest, wasn't it? Of you know, racist chanting, but don't worry about that. But someone lobs a bottle on the pitch, you get fined five thousand euros. So it's just disparity, isn't it? Yeah, I listened to um, Emil Heskey on the Football Ramble today. They did like an interview of him, and he was saying because uh, there was one behind closed doors. England wasn't there recently, and he was on about when he played for England. And he had like the monkey chants at him and things like that. And he says he don't like the behind closed doors thing because like you, you know fans all fans get punished and they were on about I think Bayless mentioned actually in WhatsApp where they were on about bringing in a face recognition thing but then people moaning saying it's against our privacy you know what I mean having our faces but how do you do it like if you can't get the individuals doing it and that face recognition thing can it's just spoiling it for so many fans that are obviously not racist and, and it's just it is a shame it really is but will it actually stamp it out having a few games behind closed doors I don't know it depends how much it affects their income, really. I can't. I don't think Bratislava always qualify for the European competitions. If they can't play any of their home games in their only, uh, you know, uh, season in the competition, I think they, it might affect them a little bit. Do you think? Because this is something that we knew when the group was being drawn. So, is kicking them out of the competition the only way that you can deal with it you know nip it in the bud say no you're not coming in at all and then there's no revenue from anything there not even sort of like those televised games as well where you get some sort of Mm -hmm. revenue so if it's about the money which i don't think it should be really because you know if you're going to be racist then you don't deserve to be in competition well if if they keep doing it i think kicking them out is a great thing to do that's you know what i mean the supporters are doing it in their ground they represent the club in a way don't they supporters so they keep doing it because I know they've got previous haven't they so yeah maybe cut three strikes and then you're out of the competition or you get the points deducted or suspend you know what I mean something like that yeah. I don't know um, but we're all good aren't we lads because the clever clogs are all booked to go so yeah, <laughs> yeah. but I honestly think if the club if the club wanted to kick it out this isn't their first warning this isn't the first time this had happened if they honestly wanted to 
to kick it out. They could have put uh, you know, sanctions in place themselves and it, it doesn't take a genius to go and stand in a stand and work out who's doing it, but they haven't done that. And I agree with Bayliss on this. I think you're punishing the wrong people. You're punishing us as well. The only way to do it would be to have a game away at Slovan where you let the away fans in, but not the home ga- fans, which or, I know would cause trouble, which I know is why they can't yeah. do it. But or, or two games at Molyneux. Or two, or two away games. The thing is, though, it's behind closed doors is supposed to be a disadvantage. They bloody beat Besiktas in the first game behind closed doors. <laughs> so it can't have been that much of a disadvantage, did it? Can it? So, um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit annoyed about it, but I don't know what you do. But then, like, the fines they dish out in comparison are tiny for football clubs, I think. It's like, yeah. I know they'll lose all the revenue from the game as well. But San Marino got, was it 15,000 they got charged for when they, when they got the race? Was it San Marino? I might be wrong. I remember there was an incident in Euro 2012 where Nicholas Bentner showed Paddy Power on his boxer shorts and he got fined £200,000. Oh, my God. There was, an, there was a racist incident that happened in the Premier League or some, or in Europe somewhere and it was like €50,000 for the club. It shows you what they're focusing on. <laughs> it shows you that the, pro- yeah, the priority is they're more bothered about sponsorship really than racism, let's be honest. So it yeah. ruins it a little bit, but obviously we have a few days in Bratislava to kill now and it does seem that a lot of Wolves fans have made the trip over or are making the trip over, Harry. Yeah, so Joe Edwards from the Express and Star put a tweet out, are any fans still going? I responded saying yes. And then a little bit of a thread created where loads of fans were saying, yep, 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 yep. And one fan, um, oh, actually I'll get his name up. He's actually making a big WhatsApp group. He's been tweeting everyone, <laughs> DMing them. And he said, let's all meet up. So it does look like, let me just get his name here. His name is Dan. Oh, so that narrows it down. Oh, that narrows it down. Cheers, Alex. Yes, we all know Dan. Absolute seven on Twitter. Um, so, yeah, the, I think a lot of Wolves fans will still go. Let's be honest, it's cheap as chips. Great pla- Well, I've never been by here. It's a great place to drink, so... Um, yeah, but you pay a lot for chips, Harry. So. Yeah, it'll still be a good atmosphere in the pub, won't it? Watching it and uh, we'll have Definitely. a little good time. Just from talking to fans in Istanbul as well, there's a lot who've already had it booked and had like as soon as they came out, they booked all three pretty much. So I reckon there's gonna, I bet there'll be a fair few hundred over there, even mm. even that have already got it booked up, or people who just fancy a weekend away because, like you said, the flights were cheap. And I've got to say, I'm really pleased to to hear as well the well the lack of news of trouble. I think Turin and Istanbul, and hopefully the future ones. Wolves fans have been very well behaved so far, and I hope that continues. Definitely, yeah. friends across the world. Absolutely, long may it continue. So, obviously, get in touch with Random Dan if uh, you want to go and <laughs> have some fun. In- Dan, Dan, I've got your kids. He Dan. is the man. <laughs> So I think that's it from this week. It's a pretty short podcast. We'll be back next week, obviously, pre-Southampton. We'll be talking to the Saints FC podcast for that and the way perspective. And Level Up, of course, will be back too. Also, if you want to play Level Up, so you've actually got someone to play it, do get in touch um, because at the moment I think I'm bottom of the leaderboard because Dan's questions were outrageously hard. Oh, man. He stitched and, you there. Uh, he did stitch me up there. He wanted to make sure that I wasn't top. So um, well played to him. Um, we'll stick some stuff out on the socials of, of how to get in touch it's pretty easy and uh, hopefully at the end of the season we'll have a nice prize for you before you go Sam what's your prediction for the two England games Warrior <laughs> if you care 5-0 and 4-1 I'm sure Tom does Tom <laughs> hang on let me just find out who Wales are playing <laughs> doesn't matter you'll lose yeah together stronger <laughs> last time I was on it was an international break I joked that we had Azerbaijan and we did actually have Azerbaijan <laughs> yeah. They won, didn't they? I remember. Oh, uh, Wales got Slovakia, so we'll lose that. There you go. Is it beyond closed doors? Bratislava. (laughs) (laughs) Right, okay. Well, uh, thank you for joining us, Tom, coming in at the 11th hour. Much appreciated. So it's goodbye from Tom. Bye-bye. It's goodbye from Jack. Ta-ra. 
Goodbye from Harry. See you in a bit. And it's a goodbye from me. Goodbye. The 77 Club. The Wolves podcast for the Gold and Black Army. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.